Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. Hi, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What You Say in English, the podcast where I listen to you and tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the IELTS exam. I know that uh, before, when you hear my podcast, you take a listen to our sponsor, and uh, but I haven't talked about the IELTS exam in itself. Um, if you don't know, the IELTS exam is an international standard used by a lot of countries, by a lot of organizations, universities, and governments to measure a person's level of English. Now, the IELTS test um, does does not it's not a, a test that you pass or fail. It's an exam. It's a it's a test in which a level is given according to your performance. Now, if you don't know anything about the IELTS exam, I will post in my show description today uh, the link to the official website. But I can tell you that the exam is divided into four parts. Um, the, there's, there are four components, and those four components refer to the four macro skills in English. And those four skills are the listening component, the reading component, the writing component, and the speaking component. Now, every section is roughly about one hour, except the listening, which is um, approximately 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. I, I would say it's 30 minutes. The exams are taken across the world um, in many language schools, and it's done under very strict conditions. People have to show, um, you know, evidence that they're themselves, of course. I mean, they have to present their IDs, and after that, you know, uh, after passing some security screening, um, you take the exam. There's the possibility of doing the exam on paper and also in a computer. Of course, you have to go to the center, to the exam center, to do the exam. And uh, the speaking is done uh, in a ratio of one to one. There's uh, one candidate and one examiner. Now, um, talking about examiners, they have to undergo a very special training. It's very hard, to be honest. In my case, um, I was offered the position of, uh, of becoming an IELTS examiner, and I, I did consider it. Um, but in my case, for example, the exam center where I... I was working at the time, there were a lot of people, actually a lot of people, um, a lot of the teachers signed up to become IELTS examiners, and they only needed just a few. And uh, I didn't make the cut in that time. Uh, but then after learning from my friends who, who did make the cut, um, I heard that the training is super hard. It has to be that way, of course, because internationally speaking, the IELTS uh, is a very well-known exam. And of course, they have to live up to their reputation. It's very strict and it, examiners have to undergo retraining every certain time. And if you don't pass the retraining, you cannot work as, a, as an examiner any longer. In my case, I'm an examiner for another Uh, exam, um, group of exams, and although the training is not as hard as the IELTS exam, 
I do have to follow certain criteria of quality assurance. But before I get to explain how the speaking component of the IELTS works, let's take a listen to our sponsor. How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? TakeIELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high-quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, during checkout. Now getting back to our speaking component of the IELTS, the speaking is approximately, it lasts approximately between 11 and 14 minutes, and the section assesses your use of spoken English. Every test is recorded. I mean, this is something that it's quite uncommon in other exams. Uh, for example, the Cambridge exams or the, well, the TOEFL is recorded because it's usually done in front of a computer. So you don't actually, in the TOEFL, for example, you don't actually speak to a, to an examiner. There are questions um, you have to read or you have to listen to, and um, the recording is sent to uh, an examiner who listens to, to them, and of course they give you a mark. But in the case of the speaking IELTS, I mean, it's done face-to-face, -face, but it's still recorded. And of course, that recording goes to a hub in IDP Australia. IDP is the uh, main organization that, you know, assesses the, the IELTS. Um, and if you don't know, for example, that the IELTS is, is run, is organized and designed by three bodies, three organizations. One is, uh, the main one is IDP Australia. The second one is the British Council. And the third one is Cambridge Assessment English. Now, going back to the, to the speaking, the format of the speaking, it's divided into three parts. Part one, the examiner will ask you general questions about yourself and a range of familiar topics such as, you know, home, family, work, studies, interests. And, and this part usually lasts between four and five minutes. Then there's the second part, which is a long turn. In that individual long turn, you have to speak for some time. You will be given a card which asks you to talk about a particular topic. You will have one minute to prepare before speaking and up to two minutes to speak. And the examiner will then ask you one or two questions on the same topic as a follow-up um, of this part. Then part three, uh, you will be asked uh, further questions about the topic in part two. These questions will give you the opportunity to discuss more abstract ideas and, and issues. This part is uh, of the test will last approximately between four and five minutes. So in total, you will uh, the examiner will have a broad view of your speaking skills. Um, today, I have a person from Oman. Her name is Aisha, coincidentally as the person I had last week from um, Saudi Arabia. But this Aisha um, agreed to do a speaking uh, test with me. Um, of course, uh, the recording is not going to be in one take. I mean, I'm going to make some stops and, and of course, I will focus on her performance. Um, it's not going to be a 100% model mock of the IELTS, but, you know, so you can have an idea and, you know, you, uh, she can listen to my, my appreciation and my critique on her speaking skills. 
The first three questions um, are usually a staple in any IELTS interview. And, you know, the typical questions like, what's your name? Where are you from? And, you know, what, what do you do there? And things like that. So here's the first three questions. What is your full name? My full name is Aisha Sawafi. What do people usually call you? Uh, people usually call me Awash or Aisha. And where are you from? I'm from Oman. Okay, so in these questions, I mean, they're simple questions, and it's, they're basically done just to, you know, start the test and to have, you know, to make you feel at ease. And But the first thing that strikes a, an examiner here is pronunciation. And of course, that's a f the very first thing that we pay attention to, because we don't have uh, much information about grammar or lexical resource or any other, um, you know, criterion that we use um, to to assess a student's uh, ability to speak. So the first thing that we do pay attention here is pronunciation, how clear, how intelligible the person is. And I would say that Aisha was quite intelligible. Um, I don't feel, for example, that L1 uh, pronunciation, for example, her native Arabic, uh, didn't make any impact. I mean, uh, her pronunciation was quite clear and was quite understandable. So, so far, so good. Then I moved on to where she grew up, and I asked her what time, what kind of town uh, it was, I mean, where she grew up, and what the most interesting area was. And this is what she said. Um, actually, I grew up in the capital city of Oman, which is Muscat. It's a very crowded um, town, and um, people here are very kind and friendly. Uh, the most interesting area is the sea because I live in front of the sea and that's why I find it like it's the most interesting area. Um, in the summer, I go there with my family. We do barbecue and sometimes picnic. So here, generally speaking, she did well. Um, she used uh, some complex structures, for example, um, she used relative clauses uh, when she explained that it's a, it's a capital city, which is blah, blah, blah. And uh, she had a variety of vocabulary. She did use some very everyday expressions, words, but she did have two moments in which, for example, she used a wrong preposition. She said, for example, that she lived in front, in front the sea, not in front of the sea. And she also said that she when she goes with her family uh, and she do we do, she said we do barbecue and of course i mean it's we organize or we have a barbecue we say a barbecue but generally she did really well i think she used a wide variety of everyday vocabulary and she said that the people were friendly kind and well she talked about her family and in terms of discourse for example she moved from very specific areas to other areas of preference and she also talked about her personal life with her family which is good because you need to explore the variety of different things that you do so so far she's doing really great i think she's managing the questions quite well and she shows a range of structures which are nice to hear then we moved on to her spare time and what she liked doing in her spare time. I asked her, uh, do you have any hobbies or interests and how 
did you uh, first become interested in those uh, interests, in those hobbies? Um, yeah, I like reading. Uh, I like, uh, I'm a food photographer and I'm a foodie person. So I like uh, everything related to food, like cooking, food photography, food uh, designing. Uh, when I was younger, uh, my mom, like, uh, she encouraged me to uh, go to the kitchen and help her. So I tried to copy what she did. And then step by step, I like improved myself by myself by watching um, YouTube videos, by reading books that related to that. Now, when talking about her interests, she said that she was interested in food photography. Now, the way she said food is is not very clear. I mean, I think she's she's the individual sound here is uh, food, and she made a short ooh. And now you have to be a little careful with that because I know that intelligibility is the most important thing when you. Uh, speak to other people, especially in examinations like this one, like like the IELTS. And the vowel length is something that we do pay attention to because you can make a difference between two words, which are minimal pairs. In this case, for example, food could be confused with foot uh, when you when you talk about the part of the body. And even though she didn't say foot, I mean, of course, by context, I knew that she was talking about food, but she has to make a long ooh, um, because intelligibility is compromised in the beginning. And of course, uh, from context, I knew she was talking about food, but um, I think that she has to be a little careful when, when making long vowels and short vowels. And this is something which is described in band six in pronunciation. One of the points says that the candidate can generally be understood throughout, though mispronunciation or individual words or sound reduces clarity at times. And I think this was the case in, in, in here. She, um, her mispronunciation in one word, for a moment, for a brief moment, compromised intelligibility. Uh, I was caught up and, and I didn't know exactly what she was talking until further she um, made she made it clear she was talking about food food photography. The rest of her performance was good. I think she used you know a wide variety of vocabulary and I, I don't think that in terms of discourse, I mean organizing ideas, using um, simple and complex structures, I think I, I think she managed well. I think she does know her grammar in, at this point of the exam. Then we moved on to traveling and transport, and I asked her what kind of transport uh, she used regularly and how people in her country, in Oman, travel on long journeys. And this is what she said. By um, plane or by some of them, by their own cars, as I said previously, because, you know, people are like they prefer using their own cars because of privacy and they can stop wherever they want. And here, for example, the only mistake, uh, grammar language mistake that she made was uh, everyone use, she said, everyone use their own, his or her own car. And it should be singular. Everyone uses. I, I know that everyone, everybody is, is a word that refers to a lot of people, but we, grammatically speaking, we treat it as a singular. So we say everyone or everybody uses. 
his or her own car. Now about how people uh, in her country travel on long journeys, uh, she said this. By um, plane or by some of them, by their own cars, as I said previously, because, you know, people are like they prefer using their own cars because of privacy and they can stop wherever they want. And I think this was a very effective answer. I think she showed her flexibility in using, for example, prepositions like by, and she talked about privacy, uh, she used because of, um, and I think it, the answer was very well structured. I don't feel that, you know, she needed to improve anything here. I think she did a very good job in this in this answer. Now moving into part two, you know that in part two, uh, as I said before, the candidate is given a card and that card contains some information. Then she had to think for about one minute, um, probably make notes if she needed to, um, and then talk for about two minutes nonstop. And in those two minutes, she had to describe someone she knows or somebody famous, uh, someone who has achieved great success. In her performance, she has to say, she must say, uh, who they are and what they do, where they come from, their background, how they became successful, and explain why she admires that person. And this is what she said. Uh, I will talk about my father. He's my role model. Um, actually, um, he lived a very hard life. Like before, uh, 40, 40 years ago, he was uh, raised in a very poor family. And um, his father died at the age of when he was two years old, my father. Then he, uh, like, he took um, care of her mother and uh, his mother and his uh, two sisters. And um, he, like, achieved a lot. He was young, but he achieved a lot of things. He completed uh, his uh, high school by his own money because you know like before many years everything was paid and then he moved to Bahrain and he finished his um, university there and after that he came back to Oman and uh, now he's a very uh, famous doctor here in my country and he like I, I think like he's he is very very successful because like uh, he he went through a lot of hard circumstances but he like uh, get over all, all the obstacles that he had or faced in the past and uh, the second one is uh, Oprah Winfrey I feel like she's a role model um, she also lived a very hard life and now she's very famous and she has her own um, program in the TV. And um, yeah, you have count. Well, so I think that generally speaking, um, Aisha did well in this uh, part two of the IELTS test. I, let's start with some of the things, some of the great things that she said. She talked about her father, and she said that it was he was a role model. 
that he went through a lot of difficult circumstances and, uh, you know, that he got uh, over, you know, many obstacles, obstacles that he faced. So she used the collocation of facing obstacles, which is good. But she has to be careful with false starts. I know that false starts, a false start is when you start speaking about something, then you lose the idea at some point and then you start over. So that, that was a false start. And it happens quite a lot, even in native speakers. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter if you speak as a first language or as a second language, but a false start indicates a little bit of unpreparedness. It's like you're not completely prepared to say something and full starts in themselves are not bad but when you make many full starts then your fluency is compromised uh, your fluency and coherence and if you read in the descriptors the public descriptors in, in band score six there is i mean something mentioned um and in here for example occasional repetition self-correction or hesitation will give you a band six. So uh, you have to be super careful. That's why you need to use the, the minute that you're given in the beginning effectively. And you have to make some effective notes and stick to those notes so you can have a very coherent idea throughout. This can also be observed, for example, in her overuse of the word like. I know we use them and we talked about it in, in a previous episode, but... You have to use like as a filler, but effectively, um, especially when you're comparing, when you're giving an example. And I know it's very common. I mean, it's quite common, but sometimes it interferes with the message that you're trying to say. The only mistake in her grammatical range and accuracy is when she talked about her father being able to pay for his own studies. She said he completed school by his own money. And I, I'm thinking that she could have said that in, you know, a million different ways that would sound a little more understandable. Just as simply as saying that he never got any help, financial help, and that he paid for his own studies. Something like that. I mean, it doesn't have to be so complicated. Just, you know, using a, a, an awkward, a kind of weird or strange collocation might compromise her grammatical range. Also, as an overall idea, she has a little bit of mixed control in past forms. When she said that her father, when her father came back to Oman, she used come. He come back to Oman when she should have said he came back to Oman. It's to keep consistency of the past. And she's talking about a past experience. And of course, she has to keep control over the past forms. And I know that this is tricky, but this is something that you need to keep constant watch. And finally, when she decided to talk about another person, she started speaking about Oprah and, you know, to establish similarities with her father. Now, this, I mean, the, the instruction clearly says that you have to speak about someone, not about two people. Um, and I think I have a feeling that she didn't have anything else to say about her father. And she decided to use another person just to extend to the two minutes or to wait for me to say thank you. Um, you know that you have to talk until the examiner stop, uh, stops you. Um, now, in this case, I wouldn't recommend it. I would, I would probably recommend keeping uh, the, the topic, you know, going, revolving around uh, her father. 
And one trick that you can actually use for this, if you want to extend, is just use an anecdote. Think about a moment in which can serve as an explanation, as an example of everything you said before. Now, if you don't know how to um, make uh, talk about a, a, an anecdote, I suggest, Aisha, you go back to a couple of episodes in the back and listen to my episode on how to tell an anecdote. We have some certain steps and that can help you. That will boost your mark a lot because you have to follow certain steps to tell an anecdote and you will have a chance to showcase all the control that you need to talk about past experiences. So remember that if you really want to, if you need to extend your response, I mean, use an anecdote. I think it would it would work just fine and it would help you. It would give you the extension, the grammatical and lexical extension that is usually required for a band seven or a band eight. I asked her some follow-up questions. Um, I asked her, for example, if her father had made sacrifices in order to achieve success. And this is what she said. Yeah, sure. Like, as I said, he moved from uh, his country and he lived in another country for a while. And although she didn't explain how it was a sacrifice and how it affected, I mean, to be considered a sacrifice... Well, the question, the answer, sorry, the answer was, was okay. It was uh, coherent and it, it, you know, satisfied the question up to a certain point, which is good. I mean, and she uh, didn't make any mistakes and her pronunciation was very clear. The second follow-up question was about whether people in her country in Oman shared uh, their admiration towards her father as she did. And this is what she said. Uh, not all of them, but yeah, like most of them, they respect him. And yeah, it was a short, you know, concise answer. Nothing further to add here. And now let's move on to part three. So part three, uh, if you remember what I said in the beginning, part three is closely related to part two. The questions here will be more abstract and the person, the candidate, will be given the chance to broaden the topic with their opinion. And the questions will, you know, try to expand on more abstract opinions and, and beliefs that the person has. And of course, the questions can be very tricky and it, they could be interpreted in many different ways. And first, we talked about personal success. I asked her how... Does present-day society measure the success of an individual? That was the question. How does present-day society measure the success of an individual? And this is what she said. Okay. Um, I I think like people here, they measure the uh, success of an individual by they only see like if he achieved something that related to uh, educational uh, stuff. But if he did something like um, uh, something that he like, like uh, taking photos and so on, they will not admire him as if he did like something in educational sectors. So in general terms, I think she did well. I mean, she used conditionals. Uh, She used, for example, the expression as if um, with some success. Um, But in, in pronunciation, for example, I heard 
the the word measure and she she's it sounded like major um she made a, a strong j sound when it's a measure it's a j sound very similar to the j in french when you say je suis um it's a very odd it's a very strange sound in english and it's very uncommon it it's not originally english i mean it it came you know through the adoption of other words and and it has a historical origin you know coming probably from french but yes i mean the way she said the word measure was a little bit odd um also in terms of language use for example vocabulary she said educational stuff it was a little bit unclear as to what she was referring to but i i can understand that she couldn't find the word Uh, to say the the right word to say i'm not really sure what she meant but um in in this case for example it was a little bit uh, odd but in general yes i would say that con for example the use of conditionals was effective the following question i asked her was how we could ensure that more people achieved their aims in life and this is what she said um we can ensure by um, like uh, give them they write the good environment so they can improve their skills we can like uh, encourage them by uh, uh, advise them and like don't uh, we we don't have to uh, like tell them negative or bad uh, thoughts that will not let them to achieve what they want in this case her answer was not as effective as the previous ones i think she was not very clear as to what she wanted to say and she tried to you know express her idea as generally as general as possible i think the only mistake uh, grammatical mistake that she made was when she said by advise them instead of by advising them um you know that ing must follow a preposition uh, so it's a basic stuff but in general terms by the end of her answer it was not quite clear i mean she um had some struggle some difficulty trying to explain the the multiple ways in which we can encourage people to you know achieve success in their lives um maybe in this case for example trying to break down think about steps for example i think it's a good idea if you try to think about different steps like first second third i think it's a very nice way to you know break down a complicated issue like this one the one you know expressed by the question and you know you break well first i think blah 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 second i think blah 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 so you make a, you establish a difference and i think the examiner will have a better time understanding and and digesting everything you have to say about the subject and a final question that i asked her it was um how in in general how she saw uh, how she compared competitive relationships and how different they were from cooperative relationships and this is this is what she said uh okay um competitive um relationship like uh, can make uh, people like each one will try to do her or her his best to um uh, like improve more and more but for me like when you are uh, working in a group or something this will um, make you to achieve what you want faster i think uh, but if you like uh, try every single day to 
compete with someone, I think, um, no, it's not good, you know? So here again, we find another example in which she had to, she struggled to give a coherent answer. Um, I think that I could understand her idea, her basic idea. I mean, of course, she opposed to it. I mean, she said that it was not good. But I would say that this was a missed opportunity to express, to use more complex structures. And I think this is probably because when we had a conversation before doing the task, she said that uh, she wasn't able to get a, a higher score, higher than seven. And of course, to get a seven or more than a seven, you have to demonstrate, um, you know, that you don't hesitate or that self-correction or, or some repetition that you have, they don't affect the overall meaning uh, of your of, of your message. Um, I think in in she fits more perfectly the the band sing band six description, which is you know she's willing to speak at length. Um, she lost coherence at times, even though that they're not produced by occasional repetition or you know self correction or hesitation. I mean, it, I think she would have to find ways in which she can organize her ideas a lot better to make them more digestible. I think when she struggles, and I, this is a general comment that I can make, um, as a general thing, when, whenever she tries to convey complex ideas or answer a complex question, she struggles to find when she uh, to find the right words and of course you know she she makes these pauses she's re uh, these repetitions and um you know that which affects the the overall quality of her answer so aisha i think in in general i think you did well in and that was what i told you when we finished our conversation i think generally speaking you are a very independent speaker and you can express ideas of course when when the level of the topic increases you find yourself maybe because of nervousness you feel nervous about being interviewed and you know in my case for example i was recording our conversation so i know i understand that you know there are many elements that you know affect the way you perform and my suggestion is start recording yourself start uh, keeping a record of everything you said even if you do it yourself, I, I would say that revisiting all your past recordings will help you come to the realization that how much you have improved in your English. I also think that what you're doing, um, you know, visiting this website to talk with other people, I think it's a wonderful idea. The more you can uh, use your English, the better you will be become, you know, speaking it. So my advice is keep on practicing. You're on the right track. I think you're doing a great job. And I loved how you tried to really sound very intelligible. And I think it was quite effective. I didn't feel, generally speaking, I didn't feel, you know, the pressure of trying to understand everything you said. And it was good. I mean, I think this is a good sign of that, you know, that you're doing a good job. And this is the end of today's episode. Remember that if you would like to do the same thing that Aisha did today, uh, if you want to do, for example, a speaking uh, trial, a speaking uh, test, mock with me, just uh, send me a message. I mean, my email is podcast at languageteaching.es. You can find it in the description of today's episode or leave me a message in the Anchor website or send me a message through the website, which is whatyousayinenglish.com. 
www.wordpress.com. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I hope Aisha has, you know, heard it and enjoyed it too. And until next week, bye bye. Thank you.